Hey, this is Andy Jenkins, and for the last, it's been about 61 days, actually, I've been doing this thing called the 75 Hard Challenge. Now, several of you have reached out, you've seen it on social media, you've seen the little videos, the stories, the Instagram stories, some of the other things where I've actually just done a post and you've asked, tell me about the 75 Hard Challenge, or you've said you've heard about it before, and you just wanted to know really about my experience or what I was learning from it or how it was uh, helping. And so what I decided to do was I was gonna step back and record a talk. This might even turn into two talks, depending on how long it goes on the first one, about the 75 hard. So let me define what the 75 hard challenge is. First of all, for those of you who don't know or you might just need a refresher, Here's, here's how it goes. Okay, so you, number one, you follow a meal plan of your choice. Number two, no cheat days on that meal plan for 75 days. That includes number three, absolutely no alcohol. I know for some of you, that's not a big deal at all. For others of you, you're like, well, you like to casually socially drink. Number four, here's a big one. And by the way, these aren't listed in any particular order of importance. Number four is two 45-minute workouts each day. When, when you do them, one of them has to be outside. So you pause right there and you think, if it's raining, one of them has to be outside. If there's a hurricane, one has to be outside. If there's lightning, one has to be outside. If it is cold, which in the summer it is not, one still has to be outside. It means sometimes you have to do a little bit of planning and take a little foresight. Uh, the fifth thing is you've got to take a progress picture each day. I'll come back to that, I think, in a little while. Number six of seven. Number six is you read 10 pages per day of something in the self-help or personal development space. In other words, it has to be nonfiction. Audiobooks do not count. You can listen to an audiobook, but it does not count towards the 10 pages in the challenge. The seventh and final aspect of the 75 Hard Challenge, again, named because you do it for 75 days, is you drink one gallon of water. Okay, that's it. And I'll tell you this, it is more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge, even though while you're listening to things like meal plan with no cheat days, absolutely no alcohol, uh, 45 minutes two workouts per day. One's got to be outside. As you start drinking a gallon of water, you think, well, that's more physical than mental. I'll tell you this, it is more mental than physical. Now, as of the recording of this talk, I'm 61 days in. That means two weeks left to go. The light's at the end of the tunnel for sure. And I want to tell you about some of the things I've learned, some of the things that I've seen, some of what I've sensed about myself. And I'm gonna give you the top 10 lessons. I'm gonna communicate them in an order that makes sense to me. There's gonna be a logical flow to them. This might not necessarily reflect the value of their relative importance, but this just kind of makes sense. So all of that said, here's lesson number one. Number one is sometimes the reasons you think you cannot do something or you won't do something, those are precisely the reasons why you should wholeheartedly jump in. Now, my experience has been that one of two things will set your agenda every single day, every single month, 
about every single project or opportunity that's going on. Number one is the reasons you give to go wholeheartedly into it. Or number two is the excuses that you offer to not step into it. This is true if you're writing a book. It's true if you are building a home-based business. I've done that before. It is true if you are engaging in some kind of opportunity like this. Now, straight up, I almost did not do the challenge. Here's why. Number one, we're in the middle of the summer. Number two, we were in the middle of launching the new 1B7 ULA project. And at the time, I was working really crazy hours trying to launch that back at the beginning of the summer, get that off the ground. Number three, uh, we were about to go to the lake with friends. And I knew that the diet that you've got to follow, no cheat days, would be difficult because as soon as we got to the lake for that weekend, there would be people there with all kinds of just stuff, just snacks and cakes and pies, and, and they would bring good whiskey as well or good bourbon. Um, number four, we have more friends that were coming over the night that I started the challenge, and I knew, I knew that we have this fire pit outside out on the big patio, outside of the tiny house. You guys have seen the pictures of that on social media. And I knew the routine is when we go to the fire pit, we light it up. A lot of times the women drink wine and the guys drink bourbon. I had two new bottles of bourbon. That is one of my, I won't say it's my favorite drink, but that that is just one of the things that I like. And I, I had all of these reasons why... I shouldn't do this. And the more I step back, I thought, you know what? Those are actually all reasons why I should go into this. And you know, the fact that even alcohol was a discussion about this for me, it made me think about this phrase that Paul says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. And he goes on and he says, and you know what? I'm not going to be controlled by anything. And then here I am. I'm outlining whether or not I can do this based on just making some very raw decisions based on there's going to be cake at the lake or there's going to be bourbon at the fire pit or there's, I mean, you start thinking about the excuses that we import for reasons we're not doing something. A lot of times we, you know, you might be like me and you go, well, man, it just seems like I just need an opportunity. I just need a chance. I just need a, I mean, I, I saw people do this repeatedly back in the spring and in the early summer when we were in the pre-launch stage of the Ula 1B7 project. And there were people who had the opportunity to jump on board and they said, oh, this really isn't a good time. And they would sometimes be the same people. I get it, if it's not a good time, it's not. And I hold the outcome of those conversations very loosely. But there would be people when we were launching that that would say, you know, I just need an opportunity. I just need a chance. I just need a, and boom, there's opportunity knocking on the door. You know, you can just kind of hear it, knock, 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 knock. And you're complaining about what you got going on at the same time opportunity is knocking. And sometimes when opportunity knocks, even in the form of a challenge, the reasons you would give not to do it are the exact same reasons you should wholeheartedly jump right in. There are always reasons not to do something. But I found this, when it comes to self-improvement, when it comes to making yourself just a little bit better, a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser, a little bit more disciplined. That, that is 
always a win. It is always right time, right place. I mean, you think about really the reasons just in your own mind that you might have punted off and pushed off something in the past, something that would lead to a great result. You pushed it down the field. Man, those are often the reasons why you wouldn't do that are often the reasons to jump in. So for me, what I realized early on, and this is why I jumped in, and this is lesson number one, sometimes the reasons you can think of not to do something, I'm busy, I got a lot going on, I got, that's the reason to just go ahead and jump right in. It's not a roadblock, it's a speed bump, move forward. Okay, here's, here's lesson number two. Most things in life are not all or nothing. Now, 75 hard is. So let me kind of go back through the list here again because it works like this. You follow a meal plan of your choice, no cheat days, no alcohol, two 45-minute workouts a day, one of which must be outside. You take a progress picture each day. You read 10 pages a day. Audiobooks don't count. You drink a gallon of water a day. And there's this other caveat that if you mess up on any of those items, you have to start all the way back over at day number one. So there are people that get to day 15, got to start over. Day 30, got to start over. Day 61 is where I'm at. You miss it, you start all the way over. Here's the deal, though. Most things in life aren't like that. We treat them like they are, but they're not. Around the third day of the challenge, I actually began recording my thoughts and reflections as I rounded the hill in front of our house, I was using the outside workout just about every day uh, as a long run. I've got several loops around here that I can run out from my house. And so uh, right when I got to this corner, uh, that's really, it's not really a corner, it's just kind of a rounded place on the street. I would just kind of walk that last part of the hill, stretch out, cool down. And eventually I just started turning on the phone and then recording about a 60-second video that I could post to TikTok that had some of my thoughts. Um, That first week, something struck me. 75 hard is an all-or-nothing proposition. Uh, It is something you either make it all the way or you fail and you start over. If you don't drink the water, if you don't make the workout, if you don't read the pages, if you don't take the picture, and there are people who mess up because they don't take the picture. In fact, what I've what I've heard is that is the one thing, the progress picture, that trips most people up. They they just forget. And the reason they have that, well, I'll come back to that. You start over if you miss any of these. Your gain for the entire journey thus far is considered nothing. You start back over at day one. That's the rule. It makes total sense in a challenge like this, but most things in life are not that way. Even though, oddly enough, what we tend to do is cheat on things like the 75 hard challenge and just overlook something that we messed up on. And then things in life, we toss them completely off because we mess up one day. So, Think about this. You mess up one day on the diet because at one meal during the middle of the week, you end up tossing the entire week out the window when really it was just a a mess up. Or we lose our temper during an exchange with someone that we love, and so we assume that we will never get our anger under control. So we just toss out the progress that we're making there. Uh, we, We rank the budget and set it up. 
as a priority, and then we rack it up, we mess it up. So we just assume that we're not good at managing money. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could come up with your own things there. It's easy, super easy to treat life as if it's an all or nothing. But life isn't that way. 75 hard is, but Proverbs tells us that the righteous fail. The righteous actually fail. They fall, they mess up, they get right back up. That's Proverbs 24, 16. In fact, I mean, I saw this thing, you know, it seems like every year there are a stack of pastors that, quote, fall from grace. And people say that. They say, oh, well, so-and-so fell from grace. Now, I don't want to kind of get off on another rabbit trail right here, but but the reality is you don't fall from grace. You fall into grace, and then that grace, when you fail with anything in life, whether it's the diet, it's the budget, it's the relationship, it's the you messed this thing up at work, you didn't handle that conversation there as you should, you didn't keep this priority, you let this person down, whatever it is, you fall into grace, and then based on the righteousness that's given you, you get back up because life is not an all-or-nothing proposition like 75 hard. And you just move forward. In fact, I think it was John Maxwell has this famous phrase, just fail forward. You mess up, you fail, fail, fall, forward. And thankfully, most of the time when you fall, you know, you're about six feet tall, you fall, you're going to end up, if you get back up, you're going to end up six feet ahead of wherever you were. You've got more wisdom. You've got more insight. You learned a lesson in the process of getting back up, keep moving forward. And, you know, on social media one day, I actually shared this mantra here. I shared a post that said something like this. Think progress, not perfection. Think direction, not distance. Okay, so 75 hard. It is a perfection. It is a distance. 75 days, you did it or don't. Most things in life aren't like that. Progress, direction is enough. You mess up, get up, move on. That leads me to lesson number three. Lesson number three is this. Your time is a resource that you cannot get back. In fact, some people have even said lately that money is not actually as valuable as time because you can always go make more money, but time, you can't renew it. You can't save it. Lesson number three is your time will pass anyway Whether or not you choose to do something with that time is completely up to you. But again, the time is passing anyway. A lot of times people tell me they don't implement the dream. They don't go after the action steps that would be required to achieve what it is they feel like God has put on their heart to achieve. Whether it's something big like building a business, writing a book, uh, launching a website with a blog post, uh, starting a new ministry, or even doing something like a 75 hard challenge or a weight loss plan or something like that. They say they won't do it because they don't have the time to do it. Here's the deal. The time is passing anyway. And when you look at a dream like that and say, well, I'm not going to do it because it's going to take too long. It'll take too long. If I, if I break the book down into small, teeny tiny steps, And I decide I don't have time to write it by doing two or three pages a day. I'm going to have to write two or three paragraphs a day. I'm going to have to read that long novel that I've always wanted to read in 15-minute chunks rather than hour chunks. I'm going to have to do the weight loss thing by just 
barely. Progress is still progress, right? And the time is going to pass anyway. Okay. So one of the biggest obstacles that I believe we have is our perception of time, of how much of it we have, how long the dream takes, how much time might pass before healing comes, before we're able to launch into our next mission, discover our purpose, whatever it is. We don't like waiting. Waiting intimidates us. But, but again, regardless of how long it takes to move from where you are to where you want to be in any area of life, Remember, that time is evaporating anyway. So you might as well do something productive with it. With it, I, James actually said, your life is like a vapor. I remember my dad, he got on stage at one of the men's events. The Advance was an event that I used to co-lead uh, years ago. And he went out there and he had this little spritzer bottle. And he just, like it made this little, it just kind of blew out like a little water mist. And he would, he would just say, hey, this is what your life is like compared to all of eternity. He would just spritz it and be like, oh, there's one of you. There, there you are, here, here and gone. And then, oh, there's another one of you. Oh, there, you know, oh, okay. Anyway, it is so easy to say that we value certain things, but we turn around and look back at where our time was invested, and we don't. And that time just keeps it's gone. I remember coming up the hill around the curve and just kind of thinking, you know, as I look back at that curve, I realized I'd been up that curve. My goodness, how many times has it been up that curve? It was an, an absurd amount of time. And I remember just thinking, golly, you know, at the time it was like a month I end into it and thinking, golly, a month ago I was debating if I was even going to do this. And now I've come up that hill like 30, 31, 32, 33 times. And in that moment, I could look back in the rearview mirror of the time and was grateful for how I had invested and used the time that was going to pass, whether or not I chose to do something with it. That leads me to lesson number four. Lesson number four is this. You cannot do most things all in one sitting. So you break down the goals into manageable pieces, and then you just start chipping away at it. You, you know the famous phrase, like I've said it, and I even hate to say it right here because it is so cliche. How do you eat an elephant? The answer is, you know, one bite at a time. Uh, Abraham Lincoln actually said this, thankfully the future comes, or at least it's credited to Lincoln, the future comes one day at a time. Most things aren't achieved in one sitting in one day. They take looking over time downrange. Now, think about this. One of the aspects of that 75 hard challenge is you drink a gallon of water each day. That one is, in my estimation, what became the most difficult part of the daily list. Because you look at that at the beginning of the day and you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, and unless you plan it or have a plan of attack, there is no way to make a gallon of water go down. Now, I, I, I did it, and in large part, this is what drew me to the 75 hard challenges. There were days where I would drink like a little bit of water, uh, like half a glass, right when I got up, 
go do my workout, go run, whatever I was going to do. I drink a little bit more when I came in. And then, and then I would just be drinking coffee all day, literally all day, maybe at dinner, might drink a little bit of water, might drink a little bit of bourbon, might not. But, but, but it was like mainly I was subsisting on coffee. And so this was one of the things that I really looked at and thought, man, like I need to start drinking my water. Doing this challenge will get some of that water in. And I learned this. If you wait until 3 p.m. in the afternoon to begin drinking your water, it's not going to happen. What I had to do was in the morning I would drink a little bit of coffee, but I wouldn't do it until I already drank two, well, I, I had this water jug. And I figured out that eight of those equal to gallon. And so I placed this orange rubber band on the jug and at the top of it, I had eight rubber bands. And as I drank, you know, a full jug, uh, kind of a, just a, one of those cups that you carry around that has a lid on it, I would start one of those, you know, that keeps the water cold. I would just start moving a rubber band down from top to bottom. And so generally after the workout, I would drink one. That one went down really quick because I was usually thirsty. And then after my shower, I would drink another one before I jumped into the coffee for the morning, which is when I would sit down and have my routine. By then, it's about 7 a.m. I'd sit down and read my Bible. Uh, that's what I chose to read for the nonfiction self-development book. And it was incredible to go back through the Old Testament and just start rocking through page by page by page. Helped me see the bigger picture. Helped me make some connections. Was doing it unrushed. So... Yeah, I was trying to stick to that 10 pages a day and not just keep reading just so I could sink it deep and digest it. Have the coffee while I read, and then I would go back to water instantly. Uh, I found out that generally by lunch, I would have taken, ingested half of it. 128 gallons or 128 ounces to the gallon. So it was eight of my 16 ounce bottles. And again, the rubber bands that helped me pace it. So um, again, two before the coffee, that's easy because the exercise, drink the coffee, start drinking more, two before lunch. And, and then I would really try to finish it off before I had anything else. If I was going to have any afternoon coffee, I would generally try to drink the water first. Or if I was at a meeting, you know, I'd just make sure I had enough water to where I'm not going to be left at 8 p.m. with you know, three or four more of those bottles to go. Here, here's what I learned, and here's what the takeaway. I, I shot a video about this one of those days. Breaking down the big goal, it makes any goal easy. Now, the big goal every day here was to drink the gallon of water, but you think about paying off $40,000 in student loans. Uh, I, I had about 39000 when I got out of graduate school. You, you break it down. And you just figure out, how much are you going to pay ahead this month? You lose 30 pounds. I've done it. I, I did 30 pounds before by losing, breaking it down, two pounds per week. You, you can't wait and do any of those things at the last minute. You've got to manage them. And you've got to manage them by picking a pace at the beginning and sticking to it. If you want to make $100,000 a year, it's the same. You've got to incrementally figure out how much you need to increase your income just a bit to make that reach and scale up to it. You can't do any of those three things I just listed. Most of us can't in one sitting. Can't drink a gallon of water in one sitting. So we assume that it can't be done 
but it can. Most things in life work over time and consistency, and that's when the payoff comes. Now, let me kind of loop back and mention something that I talked about earlier uh, right now as I'm finishing up lesson number four. Every day in the 75 Hard Challenge, you're supposed to take this progress picture. You're supposed to stand in front of a mirror or use the selfie camera, whatever, and snap a photo of yourself. Now, I think if you do it, if you're a guy without a shirt, that's up to you. If you do it, bathing suit, whatever, active wear, it, it, I think it's completely up to you. They don't define a lot of this, like even the meal plan. You just kind of do a meal plan of your choice, the reading. It, there's a lot of freedom within the structure of this. I think the reason for the progress picture, it's kind of like this gallon of water thing. In the moment, the change can seem so overwhelming that it's virtually imperceptible. However, when you look back over time, even though from day one to day two, the progress picture that you take looks identical. In fact, from day one to day four, day five, you may be able to notice a few things. Your muscles are getting a little tighter. You feel a little leaner. The clothes start to fit a little bit better. Nobody else can even pay attention and notice. Over time, you look back in the rearview mirror and you see how far you've come. That leads me right into lesson number five, the last one I'm going to cover on this episode of the podcast. The messy middle sometimes means you need to look back and look forward at the same time. Now, I remember hitting day 38 of the 75 hard challenge. That meant right then, halfway through that day that I was halfway through the 75 days. Um, in that moment, I, I was really what you would call the messy middle. It's, it's a place where it's a place where you're too far out to turn around and go back to the beginning without this sense of significant loss and failure. It's also this place where you look and you go, man, I've, I've got as far to go as I've already come. I'm in, I'm in the middle. I mean, like I, I, I can't quit. You're halfway there. So it really led me to this. And, and this is a lesson that we talk about in the book, Warrior Hope, that uh, I, I got to write with Bob Waldrop uh, at Crosswinds. Sometimes you're in the messy middle. You need to look back and you need to celebrate how far you've come. And I think that's what the progress picture enables you to do. I think that's what reading something consistently, 10 pages, and moving that bookmark empowers you to do. I think that's one of, one of the reasons I use this planner that I use is in the second page of it. It's got two two-page spreads every day, the advanced planner. On page two, it just you list out, hey, here's three things I'm grateful for that happened today. Here's something I could have done better today. Here's something I could have improved. Here's what didn't get done today that must be completed tomorrow. It enables you to look forward. Hey, here's things I've got to do tomorrow while you're also looking back. In the moment, there is so much, if you'll pause, that you can capture and then it gives you the ability to look back over the stretch of time and see everything that's occurred simultaneously while you continue looking forward. You see, if, if you only look forward, it is super easy to get discouraged. It's tempting to ponder how much farther. I mean, everybody's got kids. 
they're riding the car. You hate that when they ask how much farther I'll tell you when we get there, right? I mean, the same thing is true in life. How much farther to go until I land the job, reconcile the relationship, move into healing, lose the weight, take care of, fill in the blank, pay off the debt. You get the idea. That's why sometimes, in fact, I would even say a lot of the time, you need to press pause, you need to turn around, you need to celebrate, look not only at the gap between where you are and where you want to be, look at the gain of how far you've come. Even though that gain is often imperceptible in the moment, even though you don't necessarily see the gain made from the extra workout, or from the shunning the sweets, or from the getting up early to push ahead on your dream, or the phone calls, the conversations, the text messages, the, the whatever. Even though they don't always seem valuable in the moment, they each have something working for them. And that is, if you continue doing them, it's the momentum, it's the amplification of each other, almost unnoticeable in the moment, but goodness, there is this multiplying effect. So don't just look at the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Look back at the gain. Notice and celebrate how far you've come. Okay, so that's that's the five lessons. Let me, let me repeat them for you really quickly. Number one, sometimes the reasons you can't or don't think you can do something Those are precisely the same reasons why you should jump in. Number two, most things in life aren't all or nothing. The hard 75 hard challenge is most things in life, it's not like that. Number three, your time is going to pass anyway. Whether or not you choose to do something with it is up to you. Number four, you cannot do most things all in one sitting. So break down the goal into manageable pieces. And number five, sometimes you're in the messy middle you got to look back and forward at the same time. That is, don't just look at the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Look at the gain and celebrate how far you've come. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign off. Next episode, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you lessons 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And remember, I'll probably be back when I finish the 75 Hard Challenge and have more lessons. This is just where I am as of day 61. I would encourage you to do this. A lot of times people reach out and they say, well, hey, what's that planner thing that you're using? Like you record things and then at the end of the week, you write like the seven highlights, the top seven for the week on the blog posts. I generally post those out on a Monday. That is the advanced planner. You can download that absolutely free. I'm going to put a link in the show notes below. If you'll go there and it'll just say free planner PDF download here, I would encourage you to print it. Uh, It'll give you enough material for a full week for the month overview. Print each of those as many times as you need. Put them in a three-ring binder or put them in one of those fancy schmancy things that have the, uh, like the tool is the brand or the arc is the brand, depending on whether you go to Office Depot, Office Max, or Staples. And then just pop those pages in and out and do it in a way that serves you. All right, that's it. This is Andy Jenkins. My prayer for you right now as I sign off every week, is that the Lord would bless you. He would keep you. He would be gracious to you. You would see, sense, and feel his favor moving you forward from where you are to where you're designed to be. And may I pick up on one of the keys that I landed on early in this podcast. 
for those of you who have failed. Let me reframe that for you right now and frame it as a fail forward, as a fall into grace, not from grace, that still empowers you to move from where you are in every area of life to where you're designed to be. Grace and peace. I'll talk to you again soon.